This is episode 322 of the AWS podcast, released on July 17, 2019. Welcome to our special series of AWS Enterprise Stories. This series features interviews with senior leaders of large enterprises where they share their stories of innovation, exploration, and transformation. We hope you enjoy it. Good afternoon. Good morning, everybody. My name is Chris Rasmussen. We're here to talk today a little bit about how we enable enterprise transformation through the development of culture and skills. With me today, I have Klaus Salcher. Klaus, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Chris. Uh, it's great to be here. So I'm Klaus. I'm the uh, VP of Consumer Technology at Realtor.com. Uh, and I'm also the exec sponsor for the engineering COE uh, at Realtor Center of Excellence uh, at Realtor, which we built up over the last year. Awesome. So Obviously, you're an integral part of the growth at Realtor.com from a technology perspective. Give me a little background on that. You know, as the role in VP of engineering, you know, what was your thought process as you kind of came into this role? And ultimately, you know, what is your background in AWS and your journey? So first of all, I've worked in uh, multiple uh, cloud platforms, the Amazon platform and whatnot over the last uh, five to 10 years. As a leader of a technology organization, as a leader of an engineering organization, it's really important that you provide a vision how you uh, want your teams and your engineers to be able to deliver value to your customers. Mm-hmm. And so it's really about building software so we solve a customer need and therefore we provide value to customers. And it's really important as a leader to talk about what are some of the ingredients which are important uh, as part of that. And for as an industry, as a technology industry, we're coming from a place where we had long projects, a long schedule, lots of planning. And at the end of the day, we still continue to under-deliver to customer expectations. Right? And in today's world, with cloud, uh, a lot of those things now changed. I can now much more rapidly deliver value to customer. And I think it's now important to still understand what is the problem we're trying to solve, how we're going to measure this, uh, then break the problem them up in small chunks and then leverage the power of the cloud and leverage the power of uh, some of the DevOps practices to continuously ship value to customer. And every time you ship, uh, it's also a learning, learning experience for your team. Your team should learn how did this really work for customers? Did it solve the need? Did it kind of solve the need? Did it not? And why? And then continue to iterate on that. Interesting. Yeah, I think you brought up a bunch of fantastic principles on you know some of the key components of adopting cloud and, and enabling it. Enterprise. But one of the biggest challenges I hear from our customers is that the lack of talent and skills in your employee base, right? In finding new employees who have a strong set of skills. So I'm just curious, can you can you tell me a little bit about how you approached that highly competitive work environment and resource environment? Yeah, I think uh, you touched definitely on a key aspect here. Finding great talent is really, really difficult in today's market. Very competitive in Silicon Valley, but it's also competitive in other places. Absolutely. When you really look at what engineers are, are looking for, Yes, to begin with, they're looking for competitive compensation, but money is not the the end of everything. They're really looking for meaningful work. Meaningful work means how do I actually, what I build, how does it really matter to customers? How does this make the customer's life easier? Again, solving the need of the customer is really important. Uh, Engineers also want to solve really difficult and exciting problems Mm -hmm. by leveraging latest technologies like 
the uh, Amazon Cloud um, platform using some of the latest technologies which you guys are making available every year. That is important. And it's also important that they want to continuously learn. Right? It's, it's well understood that in this industry, what I know today, probably five years from now, is not going to be very relevant. Anymore. Five years is a generous number on it's that a one. generous <laughs> number, yes. And uh, therefore, they really want to continuously learn. So those are, I think, the key ingredients, a competitive compensation, meaningful work, knowing that what they're doing actually will really be used and makes a difference uh, for customers and people, uh, and then continue to learn uh, and evolve their own skills. Awesome. I think that's a, that's a great perspective. Now, obviously, once you've identified talent and been able to bring it into the organization, you, know, you as part of the leadership team, have a real responsibility to develop that talent and really design it. So I'm curious, you know, did you guys use a center of excellence model or how did you build that kind of central knowledge repository? Yeah, so I think there's two things you're touching here a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, one is how do I bring new talent into the organization? But then you also the other aspect is how do I drive excellence in, in my existing organization. Exactly. So let's first talk a little bit about how do I drive um, excellence in the existing team. So what do you start as a startup or what do you are scaling then to a larger organization? It is really important that you leverage latest practices and tooling uh, and that someone helps to bring this in and really help the team to understand why it makes a difference and why the team should adopt it and how it's solving the need of the team, right? But especially when you scale, uh, you want to have a, a smaller set of teams, which is really going to be focusing on how do I make my delivery teams who are creating value for customers? How do I make them more effective? And you do that by A, thinking about yeah. the delivery teams are your customer, your engineers are your customer, right? So same mindset, what are their needs? What are their problems? Why are they struggling in certain areas? You need to really understand that. And then you need, you need to provide value back to them, right? It shouldn't be like, hey, I have this fancy tool, now you should use it, right? No one is going to pay attention versus, hey, shipping software is difficult. Well, here's the tooling which is going to make this really easy and it's still flexible enough that you can do what you need to do, right? Yeah. So for start with the customer uh, mindset and then provide value back to them. So what we focused on, for example, in the center of excellence was how do we make shipping software easier? Because we knew it took some teams days to ship software, right? Mm -hmm. And now we're at the stage where several teams are shipping uh, once a day. It has become significantly simpler and teams saw value in that and therefore they naturally adopted it. The other example which we do is at the center of excellence is how do we make operating software easier, right? In this DevOps mindset, I own it end-to-end, -end, which means imagining it, building it, testing it, shipping it, operating it, right? So operating, I should give the team the tool so that they can understand what is happening in their software they just shipped and they can uh, be alerted upfront uh, what is happening and they can actually take actions. That makes it meaningful, easy for them to operate the software versus just turn around, you're now accountable to operate it and yeah. you don't give them any tooling, right? Yep. Similar, now going to the second topic about onboarding new team members, mm -hmm. right? As you get new new engineers on board, the traditional mindset is, well, you board of this team, your team is going to take care of your onboarding. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that the team takes accountability and onboard the engineer, but you need to give the team again the tooling 
how do you make this easier, right? So as part of our center of excellence, we have built an onboarding program, which um, every engineer goes through in the first week, and it orientates the engineers on a number of things. What are some of the common tooling we're using and how are you using it? Who are some of your go-to person for particular topics? Like who is your architect you can reach out? Who is your uh, CICD pipeline engineer you can reach out if you have challenges or questions, right? And then also uh, some boot camps around AWS cloud or testing or whatnot, mm -hmm. that gives the engineers a lot of background on how we are doing it and what are some of the standards and tooling they can leverage. And the key measure for me is how long does it take for a new engineer to contribute code into your product? Mm -hmm. And code meaning it's actually made it all the way to production. And your onboarding program should be measured on that, right? And we reduce that, that now engineers on the second or third week are contributing code, which makes all the way into production. Yeah, I love that, that kind of concept of bringing a new person on board, giving them a structured approach, putting the right foundational principles into their mindset, and then giving them an opportunity to utilize their previous skills to be part of the bigger program, you know, to actually get involved in their new project and make a difference. And that's something that's very rare, I think, to get involved that quickly, but it really shows that meaningful impact you were talking about earlier of being part of the bigger picture. So I have to ask though, the question that everybody's probably thinking is you've done this any, you know, hindsight 2020 or, or tripping points that you'd call out for people on their own journeys? Yeah, so we try to take a very nimble approach. So we try to in, initially as part of the center of excellence, what's the shortest way for us to provide value back to the delivery engineers? Mm -hmm. right? In hindsight, while we had that mindset, it took us a while to actually demonstrate it. So I would, I would try and focus to shorten that cycle because it does a few things. It drives focus into the center of excellence, but it also provides very quickly value back to all of the engineers. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they see value, then they will start engaging with you, right? Absolutely. Uh, versus all well, their stuff coming out, but doesn't really quite make a difference for me. And then you kind of have an uphill battle of how to really engage uh, engineers. Mm -hmm. um, as part of that, build a, what we call a community practice um, so then you can engage those engineers. Again, I would drive that harder than what we have initially done. And in some areas, it's a little more difficult and whatnot. But as soon as you can build a community, the sooner you can provide value to that community, the sooner you can actually really engage them. And that creates that flywheel that will start turning by itself. So the last, the last thing I would add to this is in a larger organization, engineers and teams will always look very clearly to their leadership. And so as you're trying to affect this change of how to drive effectiveness, how to drive common tooling and practices, you need to attack the problem from both sides. You need to start bottom up to generate some interest and some engagement, but you also need to uh, drive it from the top down. And really what's important there is how do you get leadership to say the same things and really repeat those uh, things uh, to, to the engineers? Why is it important and what are we trying to achieve? And I think as a leadership, we have stumbled a little bit at the beginning and it took us some time to really drive that that uh, alignment and that common voice to, to the technology organization. Bottom up, we were a little bit more effective and we could see that change happening sooner than from the leadership. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point to call out. It's something that when our teams engage with customers, we 
almost as a hard and fast requirement, say, who is the executive sponsor and how are they going to be part of this program? Because without that cohesive vision, without that direction from leadership, as you mentioned, it really doesn't gain the momentum to be successful across the organization. So I think that's a great call out. Now, Klaus, I want to pivot a little bit here. I think we've talked a little bit about how you approached talent onboarding, how you approach talent development, the project growth and, and input that new employees have, and how you've developed that culture. But I know a little bit about Realtor.com and your five pillars of engineering. So can you talk to me about that culture of engineering and those five pillars, how they're important to you guys? There's five pillars which um, which are important for us. There is, to begin with, we have this DevOps mindset. And DevOps mindset on the simplest terms is how do you build end-to-end ownership? So how can, again, an engineering team be part of imagining it and being Part of uh, the problem, defining the problem, imagining the solution, building the solution, uh, obviously testing and shipping that solution and also operating that solution, right? So that's end-to-end ownership drives a lot of common good practices uh, and, and makes the team much more effective. I alluded to at the beginning of how do you break the problem up into smaller chunks, right? Uh, if you're able to say, I don't need to sell, solve the world, but I need to solve this one slide that sets the team up to now continuously deliver value to customer and build up that that feedback loop that now I can ship something, now I can learn some feedback from customers and it either validates that I'm on the right track or it informs me how I need to adjust and then continuously doing that. So continuously shipping value is really important. As I alluded to, shipping is a learning exercise. If you ship something and you don't learn something, you really miss an important part. So that requires that you use qualitative uh, feedback, uh, quantitative feedback, and whatever way you uh, it works for you, ideally both, uh, really give you a lot of the data and a lot of the insights that you're A, again, on the right track, or you need to adjust. Continuously improving. So whether that's on the product, you continuously ship and improve the product for your customers, or whether this is for your engineering practices. Every time you ship something, you should step back and say what has worked and what has not worked. And um, that might be sometimes a long list, but just take one item and change it. And if you have this mindset, you will start continuously improving your effectiveness and you will start uh, to continuously improve your teams. Uh, and in team empowerment, right? So there, we come again from a world of, as a tech industry, where product and some leadership define what we need to build and solve. And then engineer, engineers were mostly focused on just go and build it. In today's world, that definitely does not work. In today's world, you really need to help the team understanding what is the problem you're trying to solve, make them part of the definition of the problem, make them part of coming up with a solution that drives ownership and empowerment, and then that will drive a different way how they're actually really going to be solving it and how they're going to engage in this. Mm-hmm. And ideally, so we have adopted this OKR concept from Google, objectives and key results. Mm-hmm. So really help your team understanding what is the objective, how are you going to measure this, what's the result you want to achieve, and then really that drives drives the team towards an outcome. Yeah. So that shift of, well, I ship software and I'm done. No, you actually need to achieve that outcome. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I like the fact that you've adopted a principle 
that has worked elsewhere and, and made it work in your organization as well. It's great partnership and foresight. So awesome. Okay. So first of all, thanks for all the commentary today. I want to, I want to close with just one final question for you. And that is any general comments or pieces of advice, anecdotes, wisdom, whatever you want to call it for our listeners today, when they embark on this journey, what would you tell them to put their mindset, create a mental model around and ultimately go forward with? The thing which for me as a leader is important is do you have a lot of power with cloud. It gives you a lot of flexibility. You can, you can move much quicker using cloud. You have all the tooling around agile and agility uh, and whatnot, but these are mechanisms, right? And the important mechanisms and tools, but really think about what's the outcome you want to achieve, right? So what's the outcome you want to achieve from a product and for your customers, but also what is the outcome you want to achieve by leveraging those tools? It will really help you focusing on, well, there's so many different tools and things I can use from the Amazon uh, AWS cloud. Mm -hmm. But by maybe focusing on those three things, I can really solve a very particular need for my teams and I can drive velocity and speed. Similar with Agile, really important concepts, but you often get lost in the mechanics. Really try to apply how does this translate in iteratively shipping value, right? Therefore, you're really focusing on the value you're going to get out of this. DevOps, the same thing. These are all important practices. There's a lot of things you can and should be doing, right? But connected again, what outcome you want to achieve, which for us goes back to those five pillars. Team empowerment, continuously shipping value, continuously improving the product and in your engineering uh, practices. So really think about that outcome you want to achieve and then work your way to the left and say, you know, if I want to achieve these outcomes, these are the things I want or need to do. And this is my starting point. And then when you start, drive as quickly as you can to some value you deliver, right? Because initially when you drive change, you will have a lot of skepticism. Yep. When you can demonstrate value really quickly, you can drive engagement. And then a lot of the things later on become much simpler. Awesome. Klaus, I think that's a fantastic way to close. Thank you again for the time today. Really enjoyed our conversation. We look forward to talking again in the future.